But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. My name is Will Stone. Chase Caldwell is back with us uh, from his European vacation. And Hayden Garland, you don't see him on video, but he is here with us uh, speaking to us from the clouds. So um, we've, we've got the gang. <laughs> the clouds. <laughs> we've got the gang back together. Uh, all three of the uh, Ineligibles uh, back with you on the eve of fall camp for AM. But uh, first and foremost, uh, Chase, glad to have you back. Uh, seems that you guys thoroughly enjoyed your your trip over to to Europe. We did, we did. Um, it it was uh, had a lot of waffles, a lot of great waffles. I had Belgian waffles, I had Norwegian waffles, I had Dutch waffles. God, I didn't know there was that many kinds of waffles, but um, the dream. I had them all, and they were great. Um, but. I still prefer the the cinnamon Mickey Mouse waffles at, at Disney World. Those I think are top tier. But um, no, we had a fantastic time. I'm glad to be back, though. Glad to be in the studio. And really, like when you go on a trip like that, you know how you kind of just lose track of what time and like what day it is and all that kind of stuff. So to get back and be like, oh, football's tomorrow. You know, yeah. like that, that's that was a cool feeling because it just kind of. It is a well-timed vacation that I think I'll probably um, take note of to to do in the future of like, okay, hey, you know, like right there at that at last like two, three weeks before fall camp, just just schedule a vacation. That way I don't have to be anxiously awaiting it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've been sitting here twiddling my thumbs for the past couple of weeks, just counting the days as they go by. <laughs> like, you know, we had media days and then, uh, you know, there's that big gap until fall camp starts and that, you know, that like we have that starting tomorrow. Uh, we get some sound bites from Jimbo and the players and, you know, three minutes of them stretching. And then, you know, that's kind of it until, yeah. <laughs> until kickoff. But uh, I, I was glad that they, they announced uh, for the third year in a row, they are doing an open practice this coming Sunday. Uh, I will be in attendance. Um, uh, hope to, uh, be able to bring back some some insights from that. I'm glad they're still doing it. Um, I know Jimbo, you know, he's pretty airtight when it comes to access to the program, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, that's his prerogative. But uh, at least he throws us a bone once a year with, you know, just getting to 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 see the team and get to witness those things. So I'm, yeah. I'm very excited about that. But um, so on this episode, we're talking uh, a little bit of fall camp, you know, with it kicking off tomorrow. Uh, finishing up position previews with uh, the back seven, the linebackers and defensive backs, um, and that sort of thing. So, uh, with, with 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 camp starting tomorrow, you know, uh, I'll, I'll kind of kind of kick it off here. You know, some things that are on my mind. Um, I think in terms of position battles, uh, there's not a ton. You know, when you bring back all but three starters, uh, at least like from the you know from the end of the season. Um, there's not a lot of, you know, positions up for grabs, but that second class is in its, or like, like that, that best class ever is in their second year. All those guys are going to push for playing time. There's a lot of veterans that are, are still around. Um, a lot of safeties we're going to talk about later that are all jockeying for position. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of a, of a position where, you know, there is a competition and, 
and maybe it's quarterback. You know, I think we, we expect Connor to be the, the starter. Uh, I touched on that a little bit with Robert last week, but you know, we've got, you've got two senior linebackers, one sophomore, a bunch of freshmen and a transfer. Um, I feel like, like, I feel, I feel like Cooper is locked into a spot there, but aside from that, I feel like it's, it's kind of anyone's game. Yeah. I th- I would say that's how it is at pretty much any position though, because I, I, I think that you have, you have this, this interesting dichotomy on our team between the, the senior players that have a ton of experience and are like, you know, we've talked before about the seniors who stayed are the ones that were like leaders of the team. Like your, your Damani and Ias, you know, these guys that, that have, really really seen a lot of playing time um started almost day one some of them and and so you have those guys and then you have this younger crop uh this group of freshmen and and sophomores um who generally speaking have have pretty adequate playing time for their their age group um just because we were such a young team last year so for us to for us to have that that dichotomy between, you know, a lot of young guys with some leadership spots kind of inter intermingled throughout, I think it. I think it. I'd say it gives you competition, um, but maybe like a like a healthy dose of competition, right? Because if you're in a position where okay, you've got you've got seniors at every position that are the guaranteed starters and all that. And then you have this five-star freshman that comes on and, you know, is there really a competition, you know, and, and then it's really more of one of those things. If the freshman starts over the senior, then there's going to be animosity here and all of that. And I, I just don't, I think with the mix that you have on our team this year, I don't think that you see a whole lot of that. I think instead you see more mobility. You see guys like like Anias, who, you know, he's in that position where, you know, if we're leveraging some of the younger guys like Evan Stewart or or Moose, you know, in a position, will we move Anias around to where he can supplement what we're working on there? Uh, but if all of a sudden we need to pull in, you know, one of these younger players, maybe we move Anias to a different spot. You know, so right. you see that with some of the older guys. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, Cooper, like, I, I think he's a good stable back, you know, for our linebackers to kind of, kind of direct to where they can move some of the other guys around as, as needed. Um, I'd, I'd say the same with our, our DBs, you know, that we're going to talk about where you got Damani and, and he's kind of there, but, but then you got Tony Grimes and, and, um, these Harmon and some of these guys that like, maybe we, we play kind of fast and loose on how we put those pieces together, if you will. As I always talk about, Jimbo likes those guys that are that are multiple. You know, right. uh, he he likes these guys that that are kind of the in betweeners and and could play either position and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. and so you have a whole team of guys like that that I think creates competition, but not in a way it's either me or you. It's more of like, okay, hey, this is what I'm good at. This is what you're good at. And then we'll we'll plug and play those positions as, as needed. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like like I'm I'm looking at the at the at our positions that we're going to get into today, and uh, yeah, I think there's a competition at 
there's at least one competition in, in every group there. Mm-hmm. But to, to keep it on, you know, uh, elsewhere for now, um, I think the the competition for carries at running back will probably last all season. Yeah, I think it's going to be did. more of a like a hot hand situation to where like maybe your starter is Amari Daniels, you know, on the first drive and then, you know, Moss gets 16 carries in, in there and, and, and Rubin gets in there a little bit, too. So um, they also got a big back. I, I think I forgot to mention him last week, but uh, they got a 240 pound running back from uh, from Colorado State. That's a perfect goal line back. So um, they've got a lot of options there, um, you know. With the nice coming back and being healthy, uh, you got four receivers that could start with him, Evan Moose, and and Noah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's you know, it's a there, there, there's just so much you know, there's so much talent there, and you know I think it's going to give our coaching staff uh, uh, you know a lot of creativity and and ways to to optimize that talent. So um, on on the offensive line, uh, I feel like it's it's pretty locked in, but you know, left guard Cam Dewberry finished the year as the starter. Um, you still got Jordan Moko. Um, you've got Mark Naboo, who the coaches love, uh, who's um, who's really coming on strong. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just feel like you know, there's there's some competitions here and there, but I think the the big takeaway is that from a depth standpoint, this is a pretty strong like from a talent and depth standpoint, it's a pretty strong roster, especially when you mm-hmm. factor in, like you said, that that top level experience and then those super talented young guys that, that are sprinkled throughout the roster. Well, and you know, that's, that's something that I've been very critical about uh, Jimbo's teams on the podcast before here. And I'll, I'll continue to be until I see some changes, but I, I kind of expect that having Petrino on is going to, going to make these changes, but what's the point of depth if you're not, cycling guys through there right like you look at some of the best defenses that we had and you've got a constant flow of guys in and off the line you know a fresh line all the time fresh dbs the whole time you know because they're they're all as talented as the other and it's not a not a this person's first string this person's second string situation but it's kind of like it's, it's a hot hand situation, like you said, with the running back, but it's just based on, okay, hey, you're starting this game, you start the next game, you know, and, and keeping each other fresh. Um, I think we've in the past done that well on defense over the last year or two. It seems like it's kind of slowed down maybe a little bit, but um, I would like to see more of that on offense. I, I think every Aggie uh, could probably say the same thing. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that we never – switch out our wide receivers for some reason, you know, like that, that's something that we've got to see change. And I think will change, but until it does change, I, I, I can continue to be critical there and say, here's the area that I'm going to be looking for us changing for the better, you know? Yeah. And like, especially when you have, uh, like when you do have this, this kind of stable, uh, in these positions, like, it's not like there's unknowns, like th- there are some unknowns at receiver, but, we're, we're, we're pretty sure what most of those guys can do and yeah. you know uh not to, to to beat a dead horse or dwell on the past but uh you know I, I don't know why it took uh until moose muhammad's you know almost through with his third year to get on the field like he, when, when, when you when you when you saw him getting put in the game uh it just like like he was outstanding in, in some of those games down the stretch last season so i think you know 
There's, when he was the year new... before too, like like the uh, Moose is a weird case because we would start to play him about mid season. He'd get hot. He'd do really really well. That by the end of the season, like I, if you look at last year going into last season, I bet like he was probably one of the main points of contentions that we talked about of like, oh, Moose Muhammad's going to be back, you know, like because I remember him coming on strong that first year, just right there at the end. It was like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? And then you right. saw nothing to your point. You saw nothing from him for the first like several games, ha- half the year last year, and then he came back on. So. I don't know. Are we gonna are we gonna not see him until October? I sure hope not. I hope you know? not. Yeah, um, yeah. And and like we've we've said on here, you know, there's some new, uh, like the offense is under new management these days. So, um, like we expect to see some big things there. But, um, yeah, like I'm, you know, it, it's that time of year where the the Kool Aid starts flowing a little bit. You start getting your 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 wind back up, and your you know you you're getting that excitement and that optimism back and you know um i'm there but not like years past like we've talked about it's not Mm -hmm. like hey i expect we're going to go out and just you know cruise through the schedule i don't expect that i expect to see a more competent football team a more confident football team uh and to you know be in uh every game this year that there's there's no reason to for, for this team to get blown out at any point so um, and there's just so much, you know, like we can talk all day about how, you know, is A&M the most intriguing team in the country in 2023 mm-hmm. with the, the Petrino factor, the talent factor, you know, DJ Dirk and Steve Adazio, all these, these personalities in this coaching room, um, and all the talent that we brought in is this experiment. Is it going to be this, is it going to be a huge success or a huge failure? You know, it's like reality TV. Um, but that's, you know, it, 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 it kind of it feels like it starts tomorrow a little bit with hearing from the head coach, guys getting into practice, and things like that. And man, I'm just so so excited that's that it's finally here, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I've been watching, you know, in the NFL, there's a lot more availability for uh, for media. I've been seeing clips from Cowboys practice all like for the last two weeks now. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this team is freaking good. Like <laughs> they're about to go out <laughs> and just and just kick butt. But um, uh, uh, I'll knock on wood on that one because I'm typically wrong when I call for a team that I like to be good. <laughs> well, um, see, yeah, we, man, we, we have this I'm, tendency. I mean, let, let, let's be real. We have this tendency of like when we, the more we know about a specific player, the better they become, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I know his name, so he's good. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, we, we just, we have this tendency to really like the more, you know, about somebody like the, the more you really, like them um you have this tendency to just kind of want them to succeed if they play for your team and all that kind of stuff and so ultimately like i think that's why this time of year when when we're really like counting down the days can't wait for the season to start um that's when you start doing more and more digging and you start reading about you know the third string safety that that might not ever see the playing field but you just you start getting all excited about them and like, Oh, they're going to be the next big thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, it, it's, it's easy to be like that. And I think all of us are to that are that way for some degree, but at the end of the day, like this whole reason to be, to enjoy sports. So let's not pretend like we don't get excited when our team does well. Yeah. I, I'm completely fine with being a little bit like, 
overexcited as the as the season starts of like okay this is gonna be our year because why not like if you don't think it's gonna be the, your year then why are you even watching sports you know and that's right. a whole whole point of watching it but um there, there's actually a, a really good thread about that exact point on uh on 24 7 last week oh really and, uh, like like things were or, or like I, I can't remember like what it was exactly but like something like that someone had said had really fired this person up and they were like man you know i i hate being a kool-aid kind of fan like i hate drinking the kool-aid he's like i hate every year getting my hopes up and all this that, and the other and all the comments were like hey like being a fan is fun it's supposed to be fun to, yeah. to follow and root for your team <laughs> like right. i know last year was painful like we're we're all still you know a little bit stung from that but um like we've said here they've addressed things and there's there's no reason at this time to have a negative outlook like em, yeah. embrace that that passion and that uh that uh excitedness so um that, that that's where i'm at right now yeah and i think i think that's a healthy place to be because you know we we often i mean whenever i worked for the team like you're around all these big personalities and big names and all of that and and it's kind of like it's it's frowned upon or or whatever for you to to be like oh man that's john david crow you know but that was John David Crow, you know, and, and you're, you're like talking to him and like, like, I think, I think there's, you know, I feel the same way for him as I would have, have a world war two vet of like, Oh my gosh, this, this guy fought in world war two. Like that's, that's awesome. You know, this guy played for my team or, or, you know, this guy, this guy was on TV my whole life growing up, or this guy was the president of the United States. Like don't get upset with me because I met this guy that I, have a respect for and i get excited about it don't 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 be like oh yeah pff, man i you're act like you act like you've known some famous people chase you know like <laughs> just enjoy life you know like that's what it's yeah. about and so uh in the same sense sports like don't get in that coach speak mentality of like it's just business it's just business if it's just business and quit watching sports because it's not that kind of bit like if you're watching it then you're not even in the business so like that's just like watching a business and being like man i hope that they're successful and not having any skin in the game whatsoever you know <laughs> like you know yeah. just instead of your your dollars being invested it's your emotions yeah it's like your, might as well just watch mood. shark tank and be like man i think they're gonna take off you know like, yeah good for them. I'm, I'm not gonna buy a scrub daddy but i i bet they'll probably take off you know like <laughs> doesn't make any sense like get excited i'll be like man that is the coolest sponge i've ever seen i'm gonna go buy one tomorrow you know <laughs> get all excited tell all your friends hey i got a smiley face sponge that's what you need to be doing you know like jump all in put some skin in the game yeah heck yeah <laughs> uh well i'll tell you one thing that i was not excited about and that was our run defense last year yeah um these so so let's start with these linebackers um to to finish out these these positions but uh you know there was a quite a few guys i say quite a few but like you had some older guys that had been around for a while that uh that ended up transferring other places uh andre white tarin lee um but you you held on to edrin cooper you know you got chris russell back who's a senior uh, you go out and add a nice piece in uh, Durante Davis from Jackson State, who's played a lot of football at a lot of different places. Um, and you have these these talented young guys. But let's start at the top with 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 Edrin Cooper. Um, you know, when I went to that open practice last year, he was a guy that in my mind was, you know, 
an all SEC candidate. Like when I, when I saw him in practice last year, uh, especially off, off of what he had already built on in his, his prior years. But, uh, and, he, and he was good last year, you know, had some, some really good games, had some, you know, average games. Uh, but I feel like he's kind of the key cog of this whole defense really working. Um, you know, you, you saw the ability uh, against LSU when he chased down Jaden Daniels, uh, forced a fumble that we took back for a touchdown. Um, you know, he's he flashes that big playability, but, you know, being a little more consistent and, you know, I think the guys in front of him being more consistent, which we talked about with, with Jerry Arnold, um, all those those young defensive linemen are, you know, should come into their own this year and, and really keep these linebackers clean. But um, I feel like Cooper is, you know, he, he's 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 a, a breakout candidate um, and a guy that we need to to break out for this this run defense to improve. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I, I I'll take that with your comment of what you said. Just as a as a minute for me to say a quick piece about the the D line because. I think some of, at least a large portion of our our problems, in my opinion, last year came from us shooting downfield really quickly and not not holding that line. Um, that was a big problem for us back in, uh, what, 2014, 2013, 2014, sometime in there whenever we had Day-Day and Miles and we'd, we'd just, we had the best edge rushers in, in, in the whole, you know, United States, but, <laughs> but we couldn't we had a terrible run defense and it would because we'd shoot by them and they'd they'd go up right up the middle you know and and so we saw a lot of that last year where it was just an ebb and flow of of like these guys that would would just run right past the the play and and then now they're gaining seven yards on a play you know and it just it was i don't know very very porous and so i'd like to see our d line improve there um but that's where I think some of that does come from uh, linebacker leadership, right? Because if you're if you're getting that from Edron Cooper saying, you know, like he, if he's the quarterback of the defense, he's he's leading the defense, and um, really kind of you're, you're seeing really, I guess, really from him and Damani, you know, you have these two guys that are are very well versed in in playing defense at this level. And, and they're able to see the whole field, you know, they can be the coach, the catalyst to, to tell the D-line, hey, y'all got to, you know, you got to hold your spot. You know, don't try to make the big play. If you make the big play, that causes them to have a big play if you miss it. You know, that's it, it, let's let's play the team game here. And um, so I think that's something that we, we need to see. And you can get that from guys like, like uh, Cooper because they're – they have the experience and they're um, they're very talented. So I, I think that is what I'd be looking for, for from him is really leading that squad because I, I think he's got the stripes. He's shown how good of a player he is. I think he's a great player. Now put that in a perspective to realize like, hey, I'm I'm in charge of these guys now. You know, yeah. I've got to get the next group going. And, and I think you could, you could say the same for Chris Russell. Like I, I think he – both of them can interplay a little bit there. Um, but that's what that's what I think. I think every defense needs that. I mean, really, think about think about the best defenses that we've had 
at A&M, like in your time as a fan, and think they all came from good linebacker play. And, well, let me let me rephrase, great linebacker play. Because when you had Buddy Johnson leading the linebackers, we had a great linebacker play. And when you had, you know, Von Miller back in the day, you know, great play. And so, like – And Sean when, Porter in 2012. Yeah, Sean Porter. Um, um, I just went Blake on uh, – what's his name? Right, right before um, – I hope uh, Tyler, Tyler uh, no. Tyrell Dotson. Tyrell Dotson, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like great. Uh, some great linebackers have been have come through A and M, and when we have those senior, really quality linebackers, it, it just seems like the whole defense plays to a higher caliber than maybe even what they should be playing. And and so I think I think I think that's like. That needs to become something that we instill in our in our linebackers, um, yeah. but that's something that I would say is I think we really need to have a more consistent recruiting there, um, to where we consistently have a senior at that position because it keeps going where we'll have a senior for one year and then we go two or three years with a bunch of underage guys and then then we got a senior all of a sudden and then yeah. you know it's it's just not a consistent flow. Um, that I'd like to see more at that position. It's just hard when you only yeah. have a handful of players at one position. Yeah. Well, in, in terms of depth, you know, I remember back when, when we were in school that like, like our, our linebacking core was an injury away from having to, to play a walk on uh, like, uh, like th- there was, uh, I feel like, like, like it happened a lot back in like 2013, 14 mm-hmm. um, in, in that kind of era. Um, it's honestly, it's been pretty good. Like you, like Buddy Johnson was awesome uh Tyrell Dotson and uh Alaka were great in Jimbo's first year yeah um I thought Aaron Hansford had a really nice year in 2021 mm-hmm. um it's kind of the 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 Mike linebacker um they're 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 starting to to recruit that position a lot better um and I really like like the, the young guys on this list like you know like a Martrell Harris um got the size 6'2 225 um has that uh that that plus athleticism flashed some last year uh, as a true freshman um, should factor into the rotation a little bit more this year. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's three guys, there's three seniors in front of him uh, in Cooper Russell and, uh, and, and JD Davis. Um, and Davis is a guy I don't know a ton about. Um, I've, you know, I've seen some clips here and there from his time at, at, uh, at Jackson state uh, playing under, you know, under coach prime the past couple of years. Or maybe it's just last year. He, he's he's bounced around a lot, but you know he was JUCO and then Middle Tennessee and then Jackson State, and you know he's. I, I like that he. <clears throat> excuse me. He hasn't been like a career backup. Like he's played a ton of snaps at all these places, and I think that's, that's super valuable to bring in. You mm-hmm. know, especially like like he could push to start, but also for depth. You know, if he doesn't start, you've got you're not relying on a young guy to you know kind of anchor that 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 middle linebacker spot. It's hey, you know we've got a guy that's played a lot, maybe not quite at the level of the sec, but, you know, played a lot of college football and, and, yeah. and is, you know, very, and very mature. So um, I like having that trio. And I think uh, Martrell Harrison, even the true freshmen, you know, are, are super talented and high upside guys. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, when, when you're talking transfers, it, it's, it's difficult because how well does that translate um, to sec play you know, does he have bad habits that we're going to have to, you know, coach out of him? Um, or is it like you look at me whenever I was a senior in college, I was 
a heck of a lot more intelligent than I was as a freshman. You know, I mean, right. we, we all were. So you get those older guys that they're more bought in. They realize like, oh, it's now or never. I, I have to earn my spot on the NFL or I ain't going, you know. And um, so the maturity level is definitely – uh, improved on most of those guys that are seniors. So you you like to think, I mean, it's hard to know without seeing, you know, uh, him, him play. And uh, we probably wouldn't know until the first game or two. But anytime I'm, I'm dealing with a, a transfer like that, I always kind of look at them as there's a lot of potential there. But, but really I look at them as if they're like a, an incoming freshman or somebody like that, that um, in terms of talent, like let's wait and see what they're like, you know. But, you know, obviously we're not going to take him if we if we don't think he's beneficial to to our team, you know. And so yeah. uh, I'm excited about I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for after last year, I'm all for <laughs> as many juniors and seniors as we could stack on there, you know. Yes, sir. Um, that's how I've always done my college fantasy, even though we're dynasty. Uh, <laughs> I'll pick up juniors and, and seniors every year. And and uh, and I always, you know, pretty much run the table. So it, it's a uh, it works out for me i just pick up new ones the next year you know, <laughs> you know and, and not to get on a tangent here but uh like in a nfl dynasty like after the first year you would draft just rookies uh we don't draft just freshmen because there are so many players and like there's players now that transfer from smaller programs to big programs that weren't in the database last year that exactly. you can pick now so um but yeah, no, I, I think, you know, I, I, it makes me happy to see uh, our coaching staff use the portal because it, it's it's not going away from, from the looks of it. And, you know, it's just it's another tool you can use to to build this roster. And you know, yeah. that's what we uh, we we felt there was you know, some places last year where roster management hadn't been the best. And uh, I think they've they've done a good job to remedy that. But sure. um I do want to talk about these young guys because uh, a couple of them were here in the spring and really, really flashed uh, in the spring game. Uh, Damian Sanford, huge fan of his. Um, uh, a little bit raw, played played a lot on the edge in high school, but just a, a super fast kid, uh, plays, plays very fast, very aggressive, um, may take a second to, you know, get used to playing off the ball, but uh, – looked looked comfortable in the spring game uh and, w- and was flying around and making some plays uh torian york will be i think he'll be a fan favorite um never going to be the biggest guy he's probably he's listed at six foot maybe a little generous but um he's he's got that he's got a nose for the football like he he reminds me of some of buddy johnson to where you know buddy wasn't a super tall or or, or uh or like long arm guy but uh was very downhill always in the right spot uh, and was uh, a heck of a linebacker for us. So if Torrey and York turns into Buddy Johnson, I'm going to call that a win. Um, <laughs> yeah. If anybody turns guy... into Buddy Johnson, I'll call that a win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Chance Johnson, um, actually, I think we, we like, he committed to us late, and I didn't even watch his film until like last week or something. And uh, pretty impressive. He's from, uh, pretty sure he played at College Station High School. Um, just another impressive prospect uh, and linebacker. And then, you know, they've got, They've got three good ones committed right now. They're looking good for a fourth. Um, that's there's it's trending up. If there's an arrow on that position, uh, it's definitely pointed it up. So um, sure. I feel good about it. You know, for this season, I feel like it just needs to be elevated a little bit more to 
get us to the level that we want to be at. Mm-hmm. Well, and that that's where um, really, I, I guess it, I'm going off of memory here, so I, I might be mistaken, but it might've been the year that um, might've been Buddy's senior year. Seemed like we only had like two or three linebackers. Like we had like nobody there and depth yeah. was a huge concern. And like linebacker had been our weakness for a little bit. And um, I was really worried about it going into there. But what we ended up having that year was we had incredible D-line play, incredible, um, you know, DB play. And so we didn't have to rely as much on the linebackers. So like our linebackers made like half as many tackles as they (laughs) did the year prior. And, and, and we think of, you know, them as incredible players and they were incredible players, but, it was partly because of the guys that they had around them too. And so that's where I, I, I take that. I say all that because, you know, when I look at the list of who we have, I'm like, who we, we've got a barbell here. We've got freshmen and we got seniors, you know, and right. you know, how are we going to mixture that together? Um, I'd like to see that a little bit more spread evenly down, down the road. But um you know, we don't have just a ton of depth. I mean, I think we have adequate depth there. It's just, again, bar build. So if it's, you know, like if, how is that going to pan out? If we, if we have injuries, if we have, you know, guys that aren't, aren't playing up to where they need to. So that's where I really kind of think when we're in a position like that, that's when we really need to depend on the other players on the defense to where we don't have to push on those linebackers so much. Right. Cause you look at like some of those, those later Sumlin teams, like we relied a hundred percent on the linebackers and they wouldn't even recruit them. <laughs> like we wouldn't even pull any linebackers in, but then we would depend a hundred percent on the linebackers to make the place. And it's like, I mean, in, in Jimbo's transition class, uh, we didn't have like, there was not a single linebacker in the class that we signed. Yeah. We had we had one guy committed and he flipped when someone got fired, and then uh, like Jimbo and them walk in and we're like okay like where's our linebacker board, and there just weren't there, there weren't any names <laughs> like there was no yes. one else that we were that we were that, that we were even recruiting so. Um, well, I, I want to say like the year prior to that, like maybe we took one, but it seemed like we took we took a class like right there too. Maybe it was someone's last year, but it seemed like we took one of, the, of a guy that was just hurt and never did play. Yeah. Um, and it was like a one guy, he was our one and only guy. And then he, he was just hurt. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's hard to say whenever you're talking like that, but then Jimbo came in and recruited like six of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's, it, it's, it's, it's come a long way. Uh, I think the future is very bright there. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of this year, I, I like having three seniors there. So, oh, me too. Yeah, like uh, you, you, and 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 Harris, you know, I like having, you know, there, there's four guys you got to go through before you get to the true freshman. You know, like exactly. I, I, I don't, I don't want a true freshman to be the first guy up if someone goes down. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I like kind of where it's at, but you know, I think just overall, uh, just taking another step, and we've kind of seen that. Like, like I don't want to, you know, I'm ready to get onto our next position here, but. You know, it feels like, you know, a, a guy like Sean Porter, you know, he had a, a fantastic senior year, um, was pretty good as a junior before that. You know, he hadn't really uh, – he hadn't done a whole lot. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he gets to that that senior year, that fourth year, 
and he lit the world on fire at linebacker. So, you know, for some guys, it just takes a long time. And, uh, you know, it was a new, new defense last year, you know, young guys playing in front of them. Uh, we touched on that a little bit with Jay when he was on, but, you know, those young guys, they were just, you know, trying to figure things out. And, you know, the, the with, with the front seven, you know, being in the right gap is so important. And if, uh, if one of our 17 year old D linemen, you know, slanted the wrong way, there's a big, big opening you know, for the running Absolutely. back to go through. So, um, I think, you know, in, in that situation, you know, with the linebacker and D line, uh, a, a rising tide is going to lift all ships there. So, yeah. um, but you know, something to keep an eye on as we get into the season. Um, let's, let's kick it over to safety. Uh, I, I had a good, um, or I had a thought here earlier today that I wanted to bring up. Um, Damani Richardson, Hatchie boy from your neck mm-hmm. of the woods, uh, fifth year starter, the rare fifth year starter. Um, shout out to COVID for allowing Damani to come back. Um, yep. but, uh, Damani had two touchdowns last year. You know how many touchdowns Evan Stewart had? No, <laughs> he had two touchdowns. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and we love. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not. I'm not knocking Evan, but like the, the whole you know thing with the offense last season. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of you know, like Damani, <laughs> those those two plays. It, without those, we may have been three and nine. <laughs> to be quite honest, <laughs> you know, especially against Arkansas. You know, they were yeah. you know fixing the score, and uh, you know he's got the wherewithal to tell Tyreek Chappelle, hey. Just, just give me the ball. Give me you the know. ball. Yeah. You're about to get tackled. Just give it to me, and I'll take it the rest of the way. So. Yeah, that was one of the craziest like football um, plays that I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Hey, just just hand it to me. Just hand it. Like you never see that. You never yeah. see like guys going up to another like like here here. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know. Um, yeah, Damani, um, I went to signing day in, in Waxahachie. Um, that was that was cool. He he uh I've obviously been a huge fan of him um all along the way. So for him to be back is is great. It'll be kind of sad knowing that it's for sure his last year, you know, but um the fact that he's back just shows what kind of guy he is, you know. Um I mean that's like you said, like, to your point just then, if it wasn't for him, we might have gone three and nine, you know. <laughs> and then for him to de- decide, hey, you know what? Even though we might have gone three and nine, if it wasn't for me, I'm going to go back, you know. Like yeah. that—that's a cool, cool deal. And I think ultimately, like that, just that instills the faith that I, I think he really needed to instill on the team. You know, there there's a lot of rockiness there that I'm sure if I was a freshman, there would. I don't think you could be part of that team and seeing so many guys leave and, and, you know, just kind of fall apart like you wouldn't expect it to. I, I don't think you could be a freshman on that team and not at least think like, is this the right place for me? You know? Um, so to see some of those real senior guys come back, I mean, I, I obviously have beat that dead horse. Um, I think that's a big deal. It's just, it's, it's really beneficial. And so, um, it to me as a fan it makes me like very like i i i realize that this position we have a little bit of youth you know um but yet i'm not even worried about it because we got damani you know it's kind of like okay well yeah but we got damani and it's and it's because 
of the leadership aspect that's there. Even if he were to get hurt, heaven forbid, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. But even if he were, he's going to be the type that's going to be sitting on the sideline, like coaching the guys all along the way. You know, he's not going to be one that gets hurt and then you never see him again. He's going to be standing right there on the sideline, telling them what they need to do and yelling and plays from the, with the coach. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, so I, that's my biggest excitement about having Damani is just the, the amount of leadership and, and just maturity that he brings to the table. Yeah. Well, and, and I think you mentioned this at the, kind of at the start of the show, but I feel like Damani is one of those, those chess pieces on defense that, uh, that Durkin can really use to his advantage and, you know, move him around. Like we've seen, you know, like, like, like obviously he's got a knack for being in the right place at the right time scoring, you know, two defensive touchdowns last year. But, you know, I remember back, you know, against Auburn in 2021 and, you know, when they were blitzing Damani and like, uh, you know, he's got that iconic photo of him about to sack Bo Nix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like he can, he can do a little bit, a, a little bit of everything. You know, he can play down in the box. He can, you know, you can play him uh, as, as a deep safety. Uh, and you can, you can blitz him off the edge or up the middle. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I he think just, we. It, yeah, he can. He, he's, he's one of those guys that um, I've probably said this on the podcast. I know that I've probably told you at some point, Will, but you always had these guys that you could tell that they were going to be successful. And, and maybe maybe there were four or five star guys, you know, and sure they're going to be successful anyways. But you had these these guys at practice that it was just something different. Like they were just so laser focused and committed to the the art of football that they, you know, like there was no question. Like Christian Kirk, that dude came in. Oh man, every day through jugs every day and i remember josh reynolds like josh reynolds when he was younger like i don't i don't i don't recall whether he came in all that much i don't remember him being in there you know maybe his freshman sophomore year but then once he kind of started i I guess he he and christian like we're we're close and so he would come before and after practice and start throwing jugs and then all of a sudden you saw this huge development on him to where now i mean look how great of a player he is you know and so sure you had like some guys that that just had the talent like Johnny or Speedy, you know, that that were really, really good and whether they came to practice or not. But then you had these other guys that they they really didn't care what the rest of the team were, were doing. They were they were gonna work out, you know, they were gonna do what they needed to do to be get to the next level. And that's what that's what I see in Damani. Like um I I remember I went to one of his first practices. Um, so I go in, he was a freshman. It was during fall camp. Um, and, and there was, they were doing a team drill. Um, it was goal line drill where the offense was coming in and, and Damani was out of place. And, um, Jimbo was, you know, like threw his hands up and said something. And, and Damani, like Damani, number one, he was starting and he was, he was a freshman. Like it hadn't even, made it to his very first game yet. I think he was still 17. And and he's like kind of throws up his hands. He walks over to Jimbo and he was asking Jimbo like what, you know, where where should I have been? And so Jimbo starts explaining it and you could see him just like sitting there talking to him and like like really like listening intently. But like in all the time that all the practices I had been to, I'd never seen a player 
like stop practice in the middle of practice be like okay coach what what am I missing like why would I do that and I I can remember hearing Jimbo saying do you understand why and he was like no coach and he like walked over there and, and started explaining to Jimbo what he was thinking and so just like I remember turning the lamb at that time and, and we were like, like there was so much coaching that just happened that we hadn't seen in a while, you know, like it's just yeah. exciting, you know? And, uh, and, and so like to think about that as like, that's freshman Damani and think where he probably is now, like this dude has so much intelligence and knowledge of this game that uh, you could put him anywhere. You could, you could play him as a running back and I'm sure he'd be perfectly fine. And um, he just is, he's got that intellect to him that, that is great. And so to have him where he is to, to help direct that defense, that'll be huge. I mean, huge for making sure that, that we're in, in the right positions, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I love hearing stories like that. And uh, it, it it is crazy how long he's been here now. You know, I think, mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jimbo joked with him. He's like, you've been here as long as I have. To my, <laughs> like, you're starting to get some gray hairs coming. In. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is like he, he's he's kind of like, like the defensive version of an eyes to me. You know, like mm-hmm. a guy that has played so much. Like this guy picked off Tua Tungavailoa as a freshman. Yeah. You know, like like all those years ago. And, you know, he's he's made tons of plays, you know, in between. And uh, he's just that he's just rock solid back there. And. You know, if if he had gone to the NFL, you know, like we've we've got some some talented young guys, we'd be like, okay, well, we 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 might can get by with this, but like to to get him back, it's such a such a boost for the secondary, um, in the safety position. But you know, so so he's got a spot locked down. There's no doubt about it. There. Yeah. Um, the other guy I'm, I'm going to talk about here, I spent a lot of time talking about, uh, is probably you know. You talked about about investing earlier and about uh, you know buying stock in in an idea or something like that. Uh, if I could buy stock in Bryce Anderson, I would uh, empty out my savings account in it <laughs> yeah. because uh, Bryce Anderson is just like he is just poised for a uh, an absolute breakout, like meteoric rise uh, this fall. He's just you know, he's got that, that it factor. And I loved Antonio Johnson. I thought Antonio Johnson was a top two, three player on this team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to do great things in the NFL, but um, I don't know if you see a drop off at all with, with having Bryce Anderson in that, in that nickel spot. He's just, he's so physical and fast and smart and aggressive. He's, he's similar to, to Damani, but uh, you know, a little more focused on, on coverage. He can go out and cover, you know, your slot receiver, he can blitz off the edge and, and sack your quarterback. Um, you know, he can, he can do it all. I'm just so, uh, yeah. I'm so excited to see how he gets used in the defense this year. It's kind of a, like a focal point of the defense. I'm too. And, and that's where I think, I think overall, like uh, you, you mentioned the the cliche earlier of, um, you know, the tide rises all ships, but uh, like that, that's, where I think I think you kind of have that on the four corners of the defense here with, um, with him or mainly at the at the safety spot you got both him and Damani, but that allows like some of these other guys who are very talented guys you know like um, Gilbert's a talented guy Kerr's a talented guy like you got you got other talent that's there, but like these are the two like primary guys you know so if 
if you rotate them out, if you rotate Damani out and, and you, you keep Bryce in, you know, whoever he plays with is probably going to play better because he's on the field, you know, and then vice versa, you take him off and you put, put Damani on the field. That person's probably going to play better because of who they're playing with. And so it's, it's good in terms of really, um, cultivating that team environment where like, Hey, the better everybody is, the better we all are. Um, and and so, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm excited about that dude. That dude is, um, I, it seemed like was his film. He, he played quarterback in high school, didn't he? He did. And and like, like he was so hard for me to, uh, evaluate and and kind of know what to expect. I'm like, well, he's just, that's exactly where I was going with that. He's he's obviously a terrific quarterback. He's just lining up these defenses. It's like, okay, so how does that translate? You know, I, Hey, my hat's off to these coaches and guys that can figure that out because absolutely, I do not understand how you can see a guy at quarterback and be like, he would make a great safety, you yeah. know, like Johnny Manziel yeah. probably would have been the best safety in the world. You know, <laughs> Mac Brown hit that one right on the right yeah. on the nose. You know, can you imagine a safety duo of Johnny Manziel and RG three? <laughs> you got two Heisman safeties. <laughs> So glad to be back in a conference with them. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like he's. If I had to rank our players, you know, and, and Texas does this, like it'd be hard for me to keep him out of the top like seven. You know, like he's just yeah, he's he's so dynamic. Um, and uh, you know, like like you like you were around the, the DBs a lot when you were with the team. You know, and like we talked about, you know, how on the O line that chemistry is so important to like for like for the five to play as one. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's similar on the, on the back end of a defense, you know, having those five DVs like really play together. Absolutely. Um, because it, to, I mean, in some ways, in some ways it's more important, uh, not that it's a competition, but, um, there's just times that like, you know, there'd be times where, okay, we're, whatever scheme we're in, you know, we got a wheel route coming around to, to the corner and, but he's supposed to be watching the flat here. So he's pushing it off to the safety safety doesn't pick it up. And then you get burned on the wheel route and it's a touchdown and it's a touchdown. And then everybody else is looking at it saying, Oh man, our cornerback sucks. We need to get somebody else in there. Well, no, he, he played his position. The safety is who got burned and you just didn't, you didn't know the scheme. So you didn't know, you didn't realize whenever he pushed off the guy right here, he's pushing it to, he's having faith in his safety behind him is going to pick this guy up. And if, if that guy's out of position, I mean, you're, when you're playing the field that way and you have all that space back there to cover, I mean, you got to know that the guy that you're passing this off to that you're not looking at knows what he's doing, you know? Um, And so like the safeties, you know, they're there to direct because they can see everything. Of course, everything's in front of them, but you get these corners, like you get a lockdown corner. That's awesome. But if they aren't, if they don't have safeties to back them up, I mean, they're, they're in a, in a bad spot. So in some ways the, the, I would, I would say the strength of this group is Damani and Bryce. And so for them to be, both safeties, you know, that, that are strengths, that's important because they can really kind of direct. Um, yeah. but then that's where your corners have to know how to play that position, how to, how to do all of the, 
you know, trading off when to when to pick this guy up, when to let him, you know, drop back to the safety. Um, and I mean, obviously, like they they know more than I do about it. I'm I'm not saying that I'm I'm some talented guy and that they they you know are idiots because I promise you, any college player knows more about me or more about football than I do. But that's where these guys, you know, they're um, they have to work work together. They have to play together. That 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 group dynamic, like you were just talking about, is very very important on that that side of the ball. Yeah. Well, and, and like, and like you just said, you've got two, you know, great corner, like, like you got two great cornerstones right there in Damani and Bryce to, to build on um, that third safety spot. You know, like you've got Damani at a, at a traditional safety spot, Bryce kind of in the nickel with that other safety, maybe the free safety. Um, it's kind of up for competition, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jordan Gilbert uh, play, has played a lot of played a lot last year. Um Made some big plays, had a, an interception against Alabama last year. Um, Jacoby Matthews, you know, some folks thought he may have started last year as a true freshman if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, I remember, <laughs> I think I mentioned this on this podcast, but back in spring ball when those first clips started coming out, um, you know, like all of our D linemen has single digit numbers, and and Jacoby Matthews is a number two. I thought he was a defensive end. I mean, he's <laughs> he's he's huge, and he fit in yeah. with the rest of those guys. So. Um, but he's still like, you know, he's still got speed and, and can cover on the back end. So, you know, that's going to be contested. And, you know, a guy that, that I think I, I'm personally have, have been sleeping on too much and I'll probably, uh, come to regret it is Jared Kerr. Um, you know, Jared Kerr, when, when things got down, you know, uh, when, when we started taking on injuries last year, you know, he had to play against Alabama on the road and came in and, and had a huge sack. So, um, uh, I've heard some good things about him, you know, small town kid kind of did it all in high school, but just a, a superb athlete. And, uh, you know, that's, we talk about depth. There, there's some depth here at safety and, um, you know, Dalton Brooks is a, is a true freshman who I like a lot, but you know, those, those top five guys that we've, we've kind of hit on there, you know, that's, that's a really good five to, to fit three spots. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's where I, I think you're in a, in a good position where, to some degree, like, and, and this is something that that we I, I talked about here at the very beginning of this episode was, you know, competition and how much competition is there, and what does that look like? Because I, I think to have all of these guys in competition for playing time, not necessarily to be a starter. You know, if you're if you're the starter, then that means that somebody else isn't right. Like so. So that's kind of my my outlook on this is what's the point of having depth if you're not rotating anyways? Like if if depth is only there for when these guys get hurt, that's not really depth because you're really not, you know, encouraging more more um, knowledge base for these these guys that are behind the first string. So to have these guys rotate throughout um, and to have – I would say the talent level there that that there's not just a huge drop off between them, um, and and then you've got the leaders in Demani and Bryce that we already talked about, like for them to play up and to rotate through would be super helpful for, you know, there's there's part of it that you got to start planning for what's going to happen when you don't have Demani anymore, you know, who's right. going to take that place, and it very well could be Bryce, but once. Bryce takes that place who takes his, you know, like you got to continue to cultivate that uh, for the future. 
And so that's where I, I think you see a lot of rotation there. And and we rotated Damani out a lot last year. I wouldn't be surprised if we do the same again this year just to keep keep getting guys in there, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, well, I think and, this and, group is a great, great group. Yeah. Well, and having different packages too, you know, like if it's – if it's third down, you can you know maybe sub out a linebacker, and 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 move and move Demani down close to the box and bring in you know Jacoby Matthews off the bench, and then you have you know six defensive backs on the field, yeah, um, and uh, you get all that all that talent, all that speed on the field. You talk about talent as, as I'm looking at this on on twenty four seven on our our depth chart here. Um, all six of these safeties were four stars, so. Um, that makes you feel good. I think at least three of them, maybe even four, were top 100 players. Um, so there's there's no lack of talent. Uh, you've got the experience with Damani. Gilbert's played a lot. Anderson played quite a bit, and you know his talent's through the roof. So um, you know when you're when you're ranking the positions of strength on the AM team, you know you got to put D line up there, put receiver up there. You know safety might be right after that. It's right in that mix. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, and so is corner. So like we'll kind of <laughs> transition there to corner because, I mean, the talent that we have at corner is ridiculous. Um, yeah. It, it's just a matter of seeing seeing that really um, come into play, right, and and seeing it all put together. And, you know, I'll, I'll kick it off with, with Tyreek Chappelle. Um, he's one of my favorite players, just doesn't really – just doesn't screw up a lot. You know, he's just – uh, he was in that COVID class, so he was like, I think he was a three-star coming out, but you know they couldn't really evaluate during that time. But uh, we 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 definitely got a steal with him. I think he started, you know, since he walked on campus due to injuries and things like that. So he started for two seasons. He's coming into his third year. I'm actually kind of scared to that he's going to leave and go to the draft after this year. Which I mean, if it's <laughs> if it benefits him, he should do that. But you know, I'd love to to hang on to him for another year. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, he's got one spot locked down on the other side at long last, uh, Tony Grimes is a, is an Aggie now. So <laughs> after recruiting him from his sophomore year of high school, you know, he ends up here, but, um, you know, it, it's going to be a battle there, but, you know, with, with, with a guy like Chappelle, a guy like Grimes, um, if those are your starters, it's, it's two pretty dank good ones right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll. I think you've said a good good piece about Chappelle. Like he, he's he's really good, um, really good corner, and I, I I think he's, you know, one of the cornerstone guys that that we can really um, rely on this year. But Tony, man, let me talk about him for a second because I have followed recruiting for years. Um, I've, you know, there's been a lot of just tremendous players that. Um, I really, really wanted really, really bad, and maybe we didn't get him. And and I'm like, well, I still wish him the best, you know. I, I like that kid; he's gonna be good, you know. And maybe I'll follow him a little bit, and I'll kind of, I'll kind of remember the the stories as I'm seeing him play in college. This is one that I was just so hung up on him that I'm like, I I just watched his whole college career, you know. Like I just continued to watch him into college, uh, just because he was just so impressive, you know. And um, for him to finally be an Aggie after he was so close for so long, um, that's super cool. Like I, I can't, I can't wait to see him play for us. Um, but this is a guy like he, 
he graduated early. So he went in, it was like this whole big thing that he started for North Carolina at age 17. I think he had just turned 17, like, like it was basically 16, you know what I mean? And, uh, had just turned 17 starting for them. And I mean, was, was head and shoulders better than his entire team. Like you could just tell he was like the talent of their team. And that was whenever they were doing very well with Mac Brown, you know, like, and, like, and they played against us in the orange bowl. Yeah. He plays I against mean, us. I mean, it, it just, but you could just tell how good this guy was compared to everybody else on the field. And so, um, you know, I was a huge fan of Jalen Jones. Like he, he I always will be a fan of him. This is probably like he and Jalen are probably neck and neck in my opinion, in terms of the, one of the best corners I've ever seen. Um, so I hope that we see that in him. Cause I mean, obviously like when you have transfers, I'd said this earlier, like you, you don't really know what to expect. Um, Cause there is a difference in, uh, are there bad habits that, and you know, do they have to, are they going to have a learning curve coming over here? You know, like how does that work? But I think for, for him, um, I have a lot of confidence that he's going to do just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like it, it was so impressive for him to, to graduate early and play, you know, as a, as a should have been senior in high school and, you know, start for the entire season on a good Carolina team. Um, you know, he's, he's been good since then, but like when I listened to uh, like some of the national uh, guys talk about North Carolina, they, they were suspect of the coaching on the uh, defensive side for Carolina, especially on the defensive back side. Like they had, they had great defensive backs. Like uh, there was another corner that, that UNC had that transferred somewhere else uh, who was uh, a really great player, but the results weren't there. And like, they would still, you know, give up yards and big plays and things like that. But uh, so that like, that's not me saying that that's just what I've heard from other places. And that mm-hmm. gives me even more hope that, you know, uh, a, a kid as talented as Tony Grimes can, you know, come into a situation, you know, here at AM. And uh, you know, our the coaching in our secondary has been pretty tremendous the past past three or four years. You know, like there's uh, if you look, I'm sure I've made this point a hundred times on here, but if you look at the NFL today, if you're doing any kind of fantasy draft, you're drafting all the receivers that we played against, you know, here at AM. Yeah. <laughs> like you're drafting uh Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddell. Um, Devontae Smith, like all these guys, just, you know, T Higgins, like we, we used to bemoan our pass defense. We're like, Oh my God, we, we can't cover anybody. And, you know, it just turns out they're all just NFL studs and oh yeah, uh, it, it didn't, it didn't matter how good your corners were. So um, on the other, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, I really like these two corners. I like, you know, the whole defensive backfield, but uh, when you look around our schedule, you don't really see those kind of, uh, receiving cores that we used to mm-hmm. face. Like, you know, like, like Bama's got good receivers. LSU has good receivers, but they don't have Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or, you know, God forbid they have Jalen Waddell who yeah. just, you know, <laughs> would, would torch us. Um, Devontae so, Smith, <laughs> Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. Um, so yeah. Heisman winner backup. <laughs> 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 
so I, I you know, I, I like those two, you know, and Tony's still got to go out and do it. Uh, you know, they took, uh, you know, we, we lost, like people talk about all we lost from the 2022 class. Uh, we did lose all like three corners from that class, which, you know, that, that stung, but uh, you backfill that some with a guy like Sam McCall, uh, who was a top 50 corner in that same class. You, you get him to transfer in from Florida state. Um, did some nice things in the spring. You know, I like, once again, I not I like not having to rely on a true freshman as that second line of defense. Yeah. Um, and then that guy like Deuce Harmon, you know, I, I was listening to Tech Sags a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I think Deuce has been hurt really since he got here, and it seems like he's finally gotten healthy, and he may factor into the mix this year, and I'd love to see that. Yeah, I would too. Um, yeah, so that's – you got four guys there that are all sophomore or, or above, but, uh, you know – these young guys, uh, you know, you still have Bobby Taylor from that class, but yeah, um, Javon Thomas, Bravian Rogers, uh, just super, super athletic. Uh, really excited about their futures, and you know, in the time that I've been following the team, I bet more often than not we have a true freshman that starts at corner. Like, you know, twenty twelve, you had Devontae Harris. You know, you've had Jalen Jones do it, Tyreek Chappelle do it. Like, it, it happens all the time. Like Miles Jones the true freshman yeah um you know like it, it i wouldn't expect it this year but i wouldn't put it past us you know like if if uh if injuries pile up you know you got some young talented guys to to, to put in the mix yeah no I, I think it's i think it's one of those positions that's absolutely possible um but i, I do i like i mean it's similar similar story i don't want to want to go too deep into it because i essentially did already with the safeties but it it's similar story in that, you know, we, we have the, we have the cornerstones. So I was, I was talking earlier about, um, you know, our, our four corners, right. Of we got Damani, Bryce, Tony and Tyreek Chappelle were the four that I was talking about. So we've got these four guys that you can really count on. You can really build that core group off of. Um, so then whenever you say, okay, we got these four, that, that we're going to build around and then you're going to build around them with the likes of Gilbert and Deuce Harmon, Bobby Taylor, you know, the talent that we have around those guys is just going to, going to overall, it's going to, going to be great. So I, I'm very confident about this group. Um, it, it's funny because when we really started the podcast, that was when I was kind of first like, well, I don't, I don't really know how, what to think about the cornerbacks, safeties. Like, I, I think they're going to be good DBs, you know. And as time has gone on, I've just gotten more and more excited about them each and every year um, to the point that, you know, have we lost a little bit over the last year? Yeah, we have. Um, but I, I just don't see that – I don't think that you're going to see that big of a drop-off there. Um, yeah. I, I think you've got great talent here with the great cornerstones to build – that talent onto to where, you know, by this time next year, we're two of these guys are, are going to be leaders this time next year. And we're not even talking about them right now, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's what I love about college football too, is there are guys on this team that we might know their name and we might think that they're going to be pretty good. And next year they're going to, we're going to be building the team around them. So yeah. um, that's the best part about college football is those guys just, you know, grow and change like that and 
So yeah, I'm excited to see who those are, you know? Yep. No doubt about it. Well, that wraps up, uh, our, our position previews. Hope y'all have enjoyed it. Uh, a lot more succinct than years past. Uh, did a lot more uh, combination and condensing these a little bit, but um, you guys get the point. You guys know the roster now, and uh, you know now we we get to give you even more tidbits as we get into fall camp. And uh, you know, um, I'm, really, I'm really excited to to attend that open practice next week and and uh, and bring back some updates from that. But um, Coming up the next couple weeks, I think the next two episodes will be uh, focused on the the schedule. I think we'll do the first six games and the, the last six um, in, in these next two weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Chase, any any closing thoughts? I don't think so. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to football season. It's here. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that's exciting. So I hope you all are as excited as we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh it's it's great to have to have football back great to have chase back uh on our on our podcast and, and, and hayden too he's 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 in the back so uh, <laughs> from the clouds baby from the clouds <laughs> 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 but uh thank you guys so much uh for your your listenership and your support uh we'll talk to you next week